I give God thanks for the opportunity to worship tonight, for all of you who have gathered in this place, and for all of you who are worshiping with us online. I give God thanks for all those who have led us in worship through reading scripture, through prayer, through song. And now, a homily entitled, Amid the Wreckage of Mary's Plans. Let us pray. Lord God, in this brief preaching moment, I simply ask that you would help me to speak your word. Help them to hear your word. And Lord, help us all to do your word. I pray in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. After the angel Gabriel told Mary that she would give birth to the Savior, Mary was filled with joy. But she also had to adjust her plans. I don't know what Mary's plans were up to that point, but they certainly didn't include starting a family before her wedding day. I don't know what her life goals were either, if she wanted to make music or teach school or become a merchant or deal in real estate like the woman of Proverbs 31 who considers a field and buys it. Maybe she planned to have a house full of kids with Joseph and support his carpentry business and enjoy life in small town Nazareth. Whatever Mary's plans were, they did not include becoming impregnated through the power of the Holy Spirit and giving birth to the Son of God. Once she learned of her divinely ordained pregnancy, Mary went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, seeking support and counsel from her family. It was then, I imagine, that Mary began to make a new set of plans. I bet she expected to give birth at home in Nazareth, surrounded by family and friends, since Mary was a conscientious individual, she probably made careful arrangements for everything to be just perfect for the birth of her precious child. But then Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken and everybody had to go to their own town. This meant that Joseph, Mary's fiance, had to go to the city of Bethlehem in order to be registered. All of this resulted in Mary and Joseph making the 90-mile trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem during her third trimester. Now, that trip is about a two-and-a-half-hour drive today from Nazareth to Bethlehem, but back then, it was approximately a four to five day journey, either walking on foot or riding on an animal. Whatever Mary's plans were for her third trimester, they did not include an epic excursion to a distant city. At least she had plenty of time to make new plans on the way there. Since Joseph's side of the family would all be gathering in Bethlehem, 
Mary may have thought about which relatives she would arrange to see and which relatives she would rather avoid. As for lodging, I bet she envisioned a cozy spot in a comfortable inn at a reasonable price and then getting everything put in place just in case she went into labor. But alas, there was no room in the end, and she did go into labor, and she ended up giving birth and laying her baby boy in a manger. Whatever Mary's plans were for her son's birth, they did not include traveling to a distant city, being barred from an inn, giving birth in a stable, and laying her newborn in a feeding trough. Looking at the story from Mary's perspective, we can see that Christmas is a mess of ruined plans into which Christ comes. Christmas is when grace is born in the chaos. The Savior arrived amid the wreckage of Mary's plans. Like Mary, many of us have left a trail of spoiled plans on the way to Christmas. I don't know what planning has been like at your house the last few weeks or months, but planning at our house has been spotty, uncertain, and tenuous at best. For a while, we didn't plan much of anything. Then we started planning a few things, some of which worked out, some of which did not. We've had travel plans canceled, parties postponed, flights rescheduled, family get-togethers put off. Almost everybody's calendar has been forced into a more flexible state in this era when last-minute changes are a matter of routine and disappointed expectations are par for the course. Anyone who is planning to watch Texas A&M's bowl game knows this. Anybody who is planning a trip to New York City to see the Rockettes knows this. Anybody who was planning a get-together until somebody tested positive, knows this. Some have had their holiday traditions totally upended. Others are spending Christmas in quarantine. Almost every plan we make right now is at the mercy of a cough. Our plans are so feeble, so doubtful, so contingent. But God's plans were being carried out, even as Mary's plans were thrown into disarray. God's great promise of old was being fulfilled, even as Mary had her schedule scrapped. Which reminds me, when the angel told Mary that she would be the Messiah's Mother, Mary replied, let it be with me according to your word. 
Here is a Christian mindset for the era of canceled plans and shattered schedules. Let it be with me according to your word. Not what I say, God, but what you say. Not what I want, God, but what you want. Not what I envision, God, but what you envision. Not what I say, but what you say. Humble me, shape me, stretch me, and mold me according to your word. I yield to you my uncertain present, even as I move into an unpredictable future. Christmas has always been a mess of ruined plans into which Christ comes. Christmas has always been when grace is born in the chaos. Christ arrives to bring hope amid spoiled schedules, peace amid anxious worries, joy amid disappointed expectations, and a love amid ongoing frustrations. Christ is born to bring forgiveness for our mess-ups, comfort for our hurt, help for our troubles, and support for our grief. Most of all, Christ is born to bring the presence of Almighty God Closer than ever before, as close as a newborn wrapped in swaddling clothes, being rocked in his mother's weary arms. As Mary yielded to God's word, she found herself empty of her plans, but filled with God's presence. Mary had to let go of a bunch of plans in order to hold the Christ child close. We can yield our plans as well. For what matters most is holding on to the expectation that God will be with us again this Christmas. With us again in a close way. With us again in such precious proximity that we can feel the nearness of God. It's worth remembering that before the angel told Mary she would have a son, before the angel told Mary his name would be Jesus, before the angel told Mary, fear not, the first thing the angel said to Mary was, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. There is the plan for Christmas that will never be broken. The Lord is is with you. There is the expectation for Christmas that will never be disappointed. The Lord is with you. We cannot count on the plans we make. We cannot count on the circumstances we find ourselves in. We cannot count on our calendars to come through. We cannot count on the things we envision for our lives, but we can count on the presence of Almighty God. We can count on the nearness of the Savior. We can count on the proximity of the Holy. We can count on the closeness of Christ. The Lord is with you, friends. The Lord Emmanuel is with you. Fear not. 
Fear not. The Lord is with you again this Christmas. Amen.